You're listening to episode number 62 of the Purpose Gathering Podcast. In today's episode, I want to unpackage this idea surrounding boundaries and what that will look like for you to implement in your own family that will help you reduce mom guilt. Now, I use the word reduce because mom guilt is never just going to disappear, but there are things that you can do to help reduce the guilt and to help navigate it. So if you are ready to have this burden of weight lifted off your shoulders at least just a little bit, then let's get right into it. Hey mama, welcome back to the Purpose Gathering Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Freehan, and I'm here for all you mompreneurs out there feeling torn between raising a thriving family and building a business you love. I'm a photographer, community founder, podcaster, wife, and mama saved by grace. So I can totally relate to you multi-passionate mamas. Join me every week where I share with you the strategies and mindset shifts that you need to maximize your productivity and find peace in motherhood and business. That way you can have time for the things that really matter, like binging your favorite show and cookie dough. But seriously, are you ready to transform your life from feeling frazzled to focused and be equipped with the tools you need to juggle all the things? If so, you're in the right place. Hey mama, welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be here with you today. I cannot wait to chat with you about today's topic because it is one in which I have found to be extremely helpful. There are some days even where I feel like I might be taking it a bit too far, like I don't really feel mom guilt sometimes, and then I start to feel guilty that I'm not feeling guilty. Anyone ever been there before? It's just this perpetual, never-ending cycle as a mom. We experience the gamut of emotions at all times. But today, I want to help you think of the boundaries in your life that maybe you need to establish a little bit better. Maybe you don't have boundaries at all, and maybe this is going to be extremely eye-opening for you. But I want you to start to step into this clarity and step into this confidence that you can help reduce the mom guilt by simply setting up some expectations and some family rules, which basically are boundaries. But before we get into that, I want to welcome you. If you are a brand new listener to the show, I want to say thank you for taking the risk to listen to a new podcast. I know how scary that can feel sometimes, and you want to know if it's going to be a good podcast that's not going to waste your time. And I promise you, that is what the Purpose Gathering podcast is all about. There's no fluff here. I want to make sure that you leave feeling extremely encouraged, inspired, and empowered. So for those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Ashley Freehan. I'm the founder of The Purpose Gathering, and this community was really created to educate mompreneurs and to show them that it's possible to raise a thriving family and build a successful business at the same time, all while maintaining your sanity. You can look forward to brand new episodes every Wednesday. Now, those of you who already know who I am and you are loyal listeners, thank you so much for tuning in again. You know how much I love hanging out with you. You guys make my day so much brighter. 
there are so many of you listening right now that I don't even know exist. So I would love for you to reach out to me over on Instagram, send me a DM and introduce yourself and let me know who you are and what you do. I love learning all about my listeners and it just makes me feel even more connected to you. In addition to this podcast, I also host a monthly mastermind community and I do one-on-one coaching for those mamas who need more support and more clarity on their next steps. If you are interested in learning more about how we can work together, you can schedule a free discovery call over at bit.ly slash TPG chat, and I can't wait to connect with you. So today I want to chat with you about seven boundaries that I think every mama needs to have in place to help reduce that mom guilt. All right, number one is a wake up and bedtime boundary. If you've been around here for a while, you have heard me talk about this and it works wonders. So let me explain what it is. A wake up boundary is a reasonable specific time that you decide where your children have to stay in their room until. So for our family, our wake-up boundary is 7 a.m. So my children obviously are allowed to wake up whenever they want to, but the boundary is that until 7 a.m., it's my self-care time. It's the time that I get to do what I want without interruptions so that I can take care of me first. This might be harder for some of you that have little, little kids because you kind of have to tend to them, right? When they're in their crib. But this is something that you can still enforce at a young age. It's just going to take a little bit more time and it just might look a little different. So it could mean that when your child wakes up, You take them out of their crib and put them into a pack and play where they're still nearby, but they still have that boundary, that separation where they know that you're there, but you're not tending to them. And I know this can feel hard when your baby is needy or clingy, or maybe they're hungry. And so of course, at your discretion, take care of the hunger and maybe you feed them first when they wake up and then they go right into that wake up boundary, right? Where you're like, okay, we just ate breakfast. Now it's time for you to have self-care and mommy to have self-care. So even at a young age, you can still set up that boundary. Again, it's just going to look different. Now I do allow my kids to come downstairs and say good morning to me. And then generally I give them a quick hug and a kiss. And I say, I missed you while you were sleeping. Did you have sweet dreams? I just talked to them for a couple of minutes to give them that connection time. And then I say, okay, I'm so excited to read to you when it's seven o'clock, or I can't wait to come chat with you when it's seven o'clock. And so I'm just reminding my children of that wake up boundary. Now, the same is true with a bedtime boundary. No matter how old your children are, they can have a bedtime boundary where, you know, in our house, it's seven o'clock again. We start to get our children ready for bed around seven, and they're both kind of tucked in around 7.30. And so our boundary is as soon as we leave your room and put you to bed, it's time for you to stay in your room. Like if you don't fall asleep right away, that's okay, but the lights have to be off. And please do not come downstairs and interrupt us. This is our time 
to spend together. And we let our children know how important it is for us to have that time away from our kids, Um, especially, you know, when your spouse works long days and they get home. And, you know, some I hear so many stories of people that are like, I never get to spend time alone with my spouse. And I'm like, well, put your kids to bed, like let them play in their rooms, have a bedtime boundary so that you can have that protected time with your spouse. All right, let's chat about number two, which is a family contribution boundary. Now, I first heard this term from Amy McCready, and I just absolutely love how positive it sounds. Instead of chores, they're family contributions, and it's teaching your children what they can do or what you expect them to do because they're part of the family. So a family contribution could be hanging their backpack up, unpacking their lunch, packing their lunch, making sure they have clean clothes that are folded and put away every week. So setting up these boundaries with your family that let them know what they're responsible for to help contribute to the family. Now, this is going to eliminate a lot of that mom guilt when you feel like you're always nagging your kids to clean up because it's a boundary. It's a family rule. It's not something that is negotiable. It's a family rule. And I think when you start to use that language, your children start to understand, okay, like mom's really not budging. This is a boundary. We are responsible for our own things. As a mom, you should not be responsible for your children, especially the messes they make. From day one, my children have always known that if they make a mess, that's okay. I'm not going to be upset, but you do need to clean up the mess. Will I help you? Sure. When you're nine, will I help you? Maybe, but at that point, you should know how to do it for yourself, right? So it's teaching these boundaries for your children that are setting them up for success when they get older so that they're not feeling like, oh, someone else is going to come behind me and just pick up after me. Let's talk about boundary number three, which is the work play boundary. Now, I have a whole podcast episode about working with littles at home. I'll be sure to link it in the complimentary episodes um, in the show notes. But I just want to talk about this for a quick second because I think it's so important. I know a lot of mompreneurs struggle with this, this boundary of when do I work and when do my children play and when do I spend time with them and when do I play with them? So setting up this expectation and this boundary is going to help reduce that mom guilt because You have already thought about it in advance. You have talked about it with your spouse and said, what do you think is a reasonable amount of time for me to play one-on-one with our kids? What do you think is a reasonable amount of time for me to spend on my, my work? Because I think a lot of us who stay home as moms, we think, okay, well, that's my primary job. I'm a stay at home mom. But You have this other passion and you have this thing that you love and this business that you want to grow. And so how can you do both and do them well? Well, set up this work boundary, this work play boundary, and I promise you it's going to make you feel so much better. So one of the strategies or one of the tips that I would have for you is that depending on the age of your children, you could set up little sprints 
where maybe you work for 45 minutes and then you go connect and play with your kids for 15. And then you work for 45 and then you spend time with your kids for 15 minutes. And that just gives them, I feel like, a good balance of knowing that, oh, mom's going to be available in just a little bit. So you're not giving them, you're not expecting them, I guess I should say, for them to sit and play and entertain themselves for three straight hours, right? That's not realistic. But you could do those little sprints and then just let your kids know like, oh, hey, mom has 15 more minutes on my timer and then I'm gonna come play with you. And just having those breaks where they're like, ooh, mom's gonna be with me um, is so helpful for them. And so I think that is really awesome. As your kids start to get older, they will probably need less and less of your time. And so you might be able to stretch that a little bit. There are times when my kids are on a school break and I get like an hour and a half to two hour chunks because they're older and they're way easier to entertain themselves, right, when they're older. And so that, I feel like, will help eliminate a lot of that stress for you is just knowing in advance when you're going to be working. All right, boundary number four is the calm down boundary. Now, this boundary works both ways. You can use it for yourself, and you can also use it for your children. And this is a boundary in which you set up that allows your children to understand that if you are flustered or if you are stressed, you advocate for a break. So what I mean by this is if you find yourself in a really heated situation where you know you are not thinking clearly, you know that you're about to snap, You recognize that, you know, your lid is about to flip and you're like, oh my gosh, if you say this one more time, like you can feel it in your body when you start to get angry, you like your shoulders clench up, your fists clench up and you're just mad and act the calm down boundary and say, hey, I'm going to go take a five minute break. I really need some time to myself and I need you to respect that. Now, this boundary is going to be difficult because there are times when our kids just really need us, but we're not really equipped to handle that yet. So it could mean that you just walk into the backyard and you take a five-minute break. If your kids are little, you might not be able to do that, but you might be able to take them with you outside. Just sometimes changing the scenery can completely change everyone's mood, attitude, demeanor, And so just taking that calm down break and saying, hey, I can sense that I'm not going to say things that I want to say. I know that I'm probably going to do something that I'll regret. So I am enacting the calm down boundary. And you can say this with your kids too and just say like, hey, I understand that you and I are not going to agree right now. Why don't we just take five and let's regroup in a little bit. Let's turn on some music and dance. Let's go for a walk around the park. Let's both put in our earbuds and listen to an audiobook. Whatever it is that works for your child or that works for you, make it a part of the routine that when you're upset, you have the power to release this calm down boundary and just say, you know what? I need this space and I need you to give me this space. Okay, moving on to number five, which is the interruption boundary. How many times are we interrupted by our children every single day with a mommy, 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 
or a tap on the shoulder or pulling on your arm or, I mean, you name it. There are so many times that our children interrupt us. Their favorite time to interrupt us is when we're on the phone or when we're talking to someone, right? Or when their sibling is talking. That seems like the best time to try to tell us about what they ate at lunch that day and what their favorite book is. I don't know. I just feel like sometimes the most random things come out when I'm talking to their sibling. It's like they're pulling whatever they can and just trying to get the attention. So the interruption boundary is teaching your children to wait when they hear someone talking and place their hand on your shoulder or on your arm to let you know that they want to talk. Also, something that you could do is raising your hand when they want to talk. That is a nonverbal cue to let you know that they want to say something. I also have my children sometimes, like especially when I'm on the phone, they can write down their questions that they have for me and show them to me. That way, when I find like a small break in the conversation, I can quickly look at their note and see if it's something that I can answer quickly or, you know, maybe I'll have to wait until later and then I can just quickly jot down like, hey, one sec or after my call or something like that. And so this interruption boundary at least gives them the opportunity to let me know they need me, but then it also gives me the opportunity to be like, okay, I acknowledge that you need me, but yes, I can answer or no, I cannot. So it's teaching your children how to wait when it's not their turn to speak. And so this boundary, I think, can be so impactful. And it's frustrating as a parent, right? Because so often we find ourselves saying like, how many times do I have to tell you this? And and, and I want to share this with you because this is something that I think every parent struggles with, but I'm going to give you the answer to that question. So you want to know how many times do you have to tell your children X, Y, Z, and I'm going to say as many times as it takes. I know that's not the answer you wanted to hear, but our number one job as a parent is to lovingly guide our children on the right path. And that means repeating ourselves until the lesson sinks in and until they understand. Okay, so let's chat about boundary number six, which is the food boundary. I know this is one that we struggle with sometimes because our kids go to school and so we really can't monitor or police all the food that they eat at school, right? Like when someone brings in a snack for a birthday party, I can't be there saying, no, you can't have that cupcake. You already had one yesterday, right? Or make good choices at lunch, but then they come home saying that they had, you know, a cheese stick and that's all they ate. So I think for this food boundary, what I really want you to understand and unpackage is we can control what we can while our kids are at home. And so it's important to have an idea of how often your kids can have certain foods. Maybe you don't have a boundary around this at all, and this is something that you really want to start implementing, is letting your kids know that they can only have one snack a day. I have a friend who has three boys, and I remember her telling me once that she would go to Costco and spend hundreds of dollars on snacks, and then the next week, they'd all be gone. 
And I'm like, well, do you have a boundary around how many snacks they're allowed to have? And she's like, well, no, they just go in and grab them and then I cannot keep track. And so a strategy that I have for you is don't put all the snacks out. Just put a few out or put their snack options in a bin. And when they're gone for each child, then they don't get any more. I mean, it's seriously as simple as that. If our children are overly snacking, it's because we've allowed them to do that. If our children are choosing unhealthy options, it's because we've brought unhealthy options into our home. And so it's really important that we start to set these food boundaries and these expectations for our children in order for them to grow up with healthy habits. And as mentioned earlier in the episode, when I talk about kind of creating these family rules, they just become a part of the family culture. And then your children start to understand it. They start to recognize these boundaries and they start to say, okay, that's just how our family operates. One thing that my children love to say, and I'm sure yours do too, is, well, at Tommy's house, they do this. Or, why don't we ever have Gatorade in our fridge? Or, you know, they compare themselves to their friends. And my response is always, different families have different rules. And that's all I say. And literally, my kids understand it now. And they really are starting to get a handle on it. And so setting up these boundaries are so important, but especially for food, because we don't want our children to grow up with the wrong idea of food. So I don't think that you should overly eliminate all types of food, because I think that can backfire in the future when your kids go to other people's houses, or when they grow up, they're going to binge eat that food that they were never allowed to have. My motto is to just be aware and set up expectations and guidelines around moderation and what is expected and how many times a week it's expected. And so that gives your children something to look forward to and understand, oh, okay, well, we only have treats on Tuesdays and Thursdays, or, oh, we only have treats at special occasions and mom makes homemade brownies on Fridays or whatever it is, like set up something that they can kind of always expect and look forward to that will definitely help reduce the mom guilt for always feeling like you're giving your kids junk food or always feeling like you're never allowing them to have anything sweet or fun. And finally, the seventh boundary is a screen time boundary. Now, I feel like this is one of the hot button topics that I hear a lot of mamas struggling with is how much time they're allowing their children to use screen time. Because you hear the range. You hear the families that don't even have TVs and never allow their children to touch a screen. And then we hear about these families who allow their children to be on screens 24-7 and It just feels like there's no happy medium and there's no balance and it feels like there's so much judgment and guilt surrounding how much screen time. And so I think what's really important, first of all, is to actually do some research about screen time and its effects on children. I kind of shied away from this for a while because I didn't want to know. 
you know, I was kind of like, no, screens are fabulous. Like, they keep my children entertained. There's no yelling. When I really need it, I have it. And I kind of just used it as a fallback and I used it as an excuse. Like, oh, I don't know how bad it is because I didn't really look. But I actually, now that my eyes are opened and I know more about the effects of screen time, I think it's super important that you do the research and you figure out what you're comfortable with. And then number two, I think you need to have a conversation with your spouse and say, hey, this is the research that I found. What are you comfortable with? How much screen time are you comfortable with? And what kind of screen time? Because the types of screen time can be different. If you guys heard my episode with Tessa Stuckey about the dangers of screen time, she talks about how there is passive screen time, which is like watching TV. And then there's like more interactive screen time when you're doing video games and it affects you in a different way. And so doing that research and figuring out what screen time is acceptable and also not using screen time in a time of crisis. That was one of the biggest takeaways that I took from that episode was if your child is bored, don't give them a screen because that's not teaching them how to cope and how to deal with boredom. And so being prepared in advance when you go somewhere like the grocery store or to a restaurant, being prepared with an I'm bored bag. We started this with my kids and it's been great because we don't allow them to be on screens. They ask us for our phones constantly, but we don't we don't like that. Like, hey, you can bring a puzzle book, you can bring a book to read, you can bring, you know, XYZ, pack your I'm bored bag with whatever you want. And then they're responsible to entertain themselves when we're at the grocery store and when we're waiting for our dinner at a restaurant. And so I think it's just important to think about these things in advance and decide what am I okay with? What am I not okay with? And set up that expectation and that boundary. So for my children, I talked about it in last week's episode, my accidental hack for discipline that worked really well was allowing my children to earn screen time instead of just asking for it and then feeling like they were entitled to it. So now my children have to earn screen time and they can redeem their screen time two times a week. And so they get to pick what days, but they have to have five stars to exchange for screen time. And we allow them to watch two 20-minute shows that we've approved, or we allow them to, my son loves to do draw with me on YouTube, so that could be his screen time. I don't count screen time as homework. So my kids do like typing club for school, so I don't count that. But if they wanted to get on PBS Kids and play some games, that definitely would count as screen time. Even if it's an educational game, I still count that as screen time. So I hope that you are starting to kind of get a handle around these boundaries and how it can really help you reduce that mom guilt because now you have a plan, you have a strategy, you have family rules set into place. And so you don't have to feel as guilty anymore because you have established these guidelines and now you are teaching your children what to expect, and it just will soon become part of your family routine, and it'll just feel more natural 
and you will feel less and less like the bad guy because you have these guidelines to fall back on. So I have created a list of complimentary episodes down in the show notes that I would love for you to check out. You can add them to your queue right now and listen to them later today or later this week. But I think that they're going to be really helpful in continuing this idea around mom guilt and boundaries and how you can start to help your family be set up for success. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot of it, share it out on Instagram, and tag me at The Purpose Gathering with your favorite takeaway, the boundary that either you are super pumped about implementing or the one that you need more help with identifying. I can't wait to continue this conversation in our free community. If you are not a part of that yet, Head on over to thepurposegathering.com slash mamas, and I can't wait to see you in there. As always, mama, I am here rooting for you, and you are not alone on this journey. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Purpose Gathering podcast. As we end our time together, remember that you were created for more. You were created to thrive with purpose and not just survive. So go out there and live your life with confidence and courage. For more resources and to become a part of our amazing online community and connect with like-minded mompreneurs, head to thepurposegathering.com resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to subscribe to the show and leave me a review on iTunes. Each review is so valuable to me and helps more mamas like you find the show. I'm so proud of you for listening and investing in your future. Together, let's link arms and make a lasting positive impact on our families and communities. You've got this, girl, and I can't wait until next time.